You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rain Roberts. And our current serial is Castle Ever After, which is a sequel to Castle Charming, a collection of various stories available here on the podcast. Uh, all of my Patreon subscribers can download uh, the whole Castle Charming collection apart from this story as part of their membership rewards uh, for this month only. And they'll also be able to download this book as a one-off ebook. Okay. Chapter 1. The Morning After, The Night Before. Kai. When Kai awoke, he was tied to a tree. Honestly, he'd been expecting worse. A royal bachelor party, especially one involving his brothers, held the potential for disaster on a massive, kingdom-destroying scale. That was why they did it three days before the big day, rather than the night before. Possibly they should have gone for the month before the wedding to be on the safe side. In retrospect, the blue drink had been a mistake. Also the green drink. Also the flower necklaces that even now wound around his throat, his torso and his arms. The flower necklaces, he realised as he wriggled around, were what was holding him to the tree. Also, he wasn't wearing a shirt. A familiar groan startled him from the far side of the tree. Kai dissolved the flower necklaces into petal confetti with a flick of his magic and hurried around to see who else had been captured. His head hurt and his throat felt like something had died in it, but that didn't stop Kai spluttering with laughter at the vision before him. Dennis, royal hound and love of Kai's life, was likewise tied to the tree, though with rope instead of flowers. The large golden-haired man was also shirtless and managed to lose his trousers into the bargain. Strapped to the tree, while wearing nothing but a bright red pair of shorts, he was daubed in what might have been lipstick or paint, with love hearts dotted all over his chest, surrounding the words, Property of Prince Charming. Kai stopped laughing when he recognised the handwriting of his sister Camilla. She's so disturbing. Chase and Zed have got to be in worse shape, yeah? Dennis asked, hopefully. I think we can rely on that. Kai didn't trust his hands to be steady enough to untie knots, so he dissolved the rope instead. How do you feel? Half dead, his boyfriend grunted. You promise we can elope when it's our turn? Oh, we'll be eloping before we even tell anyone. Kai promised. We may never tell them. Good stuff. Dennis gave him a quick peck on the mouth and they both winced. No, not doing that again until we've brushed all the teeth. Fair. Dennis stretched his legs and muscles awkwardly, surveying the area. Gonna have a bit of a walk back, I reckon. I don't recognise this orchard at all. Let's just hope we're still in charming, Kai agreed. They walked back to the castle at a comfortable pace, well aware that it wouldn't do to return before the bridegrooms dragged their own way home. They were certainly both keen to miss any potential confrontation between the terrifying Queen Ella and her elder sons. It was a nice enough morning, 
with the promise of midsummer already on the breeze. They might not have shirts, but they had shoes. And after carousing in a nearby stream, they'd washed away the worst evidence of the night before. Well, not the worst of the evidence. The writing on Dennis's chest was definitely paint, not lipstick. Kai normally felt a comfortable warmth in the pit of his stomach when he arrived at Castle Charming. Arrived home. But today it came with a small stab of dread. We should get in there he said ominously. Ziyi met them both at the top of the steps, wearing her full ceremonial tunic with chainmail and sword. She wasn't, couldn't be a royal hound anymore, because the castle, which meant the queen these days, drew the line at known princesses taking on that particular job. Queen Ella had eventually compromised by naming her kingdom champion a largely ceremonial title which kept Zee armed and available to assist the royal hounds in case they were invaded by fairies, witches or any other supernatural force. It was not a good sign that Zee was in her formal kit before lunchtime. What's happened? Kai demanded. She looked them both over, relieved to see them safe and well. Isn't Cyrus with you? We were tied to trees in an orchard south of the city. Is he not back yet? I'm sure it's nothing to worry about, said Ziggy. But no one's seen him since last night. The scene of the crime, cough, bachelor party, was as much of a mess as Kai had imagined. The castle ballroom, where they began the evening, was a sea of empty glasses, upturned punch bowls, scattered plates and general debris. Nothing had been touched. The Queen had made a deal with Prince Chase ahead of time that he could hold the party exactly as he wished, but no castle staff would be available for the clean-up. Kai thought this showed a distinct lack of understanding of Chase's personality on her part. The second eldest Prince Charming did not spend a great deal of time thinking about future consequences. Right now, Chase knelt alone on the floor of the ballroom, drawing what looked like an elaborate chart. He glanced up briefly to see Kai approach, and then went back to his work. So, Kai's back, Dennis too? Both, Kai confirmed. Coming over to look at what his brother was up to, there was a lot of greenery scribbled across his chart. I'm sorry, did you tie all your party guests to trees? Get them before they get you, said Chase, pushing his pale hair out of his eyes. Only about twenty or so. So touched I made the cart. You should be. We tied Gareth to a milk cart and he ended up two towns over. My ears are still ringing from Serena yelling at me about it. We didn't do anything to Cyrus though, damn it, because we couldn't find him. I assumed he'd figured out what we were up to and went to ground. That's probably exactly what happened, said Kai, in relief. Or he's tucked up in someone else's bed. Have you checked Amira's rooms? Yeah, she threw a clock at me when I asked. They split months ago. They're usually back on by now. Not this time. Huh. Prince Zialin, looking refreshed and well-dressed as ever, considering how wasted he'd been the night before, when Kailas set eyes on him, swept into the room with two large mugs of coffee. His ponytail swished, as did the silk of his trousers. Favourite brother-in-law to be? 
he greeted Kai with a kiss on the top of his head. I didn't get you one. I'll live, Kai said. Zed dropped to the ground beside Chase, leaning in for a much more thorough kiss before he handed over the coffee. Husband-to-be? You're not as cute as you think you are, said Chase. I disagree with everything you just said, said Zed, confident in his own charm. Kai, can you convince this one that his twin has not been kidnapped by something mysterious and supernatural? Kai was sceptical. I mean, it happens to us a lot. Not for years, said Zed with a dismissive wave of his hand. You banished the fairies and scared off the witches, or the other way around. Everyone's safe and well. Huzzah! Jack has a theory about that, Chase muttered, still staring at his chart. She thinks getting rid of the fairies and witches makes our kingdom a target for everyone else. The trolls have been getting restless, and there was that business with the goblins. Or Cyrus got lucky and is tucked up in an unexpected bed somewhere, said Zed. Not sure how, with a face that ugly, but I hear there are ladies who take pity on the unfortunate. Chase gave his betrothed a flat stare. We have the same face. Zed returned his stare with a glowing smile. I also take pity on the unfortunate. Kai could tell what Zed was doing, and while he approved of Chase being distracted from his anxieties right now, he also didn't want to be sitting right here while the two of them started making out on the ballroom floor. He has been acting odd lately, he blurted out. Cyrus, don't you think so? Chase turned his intense, silver-eyed gaze on Kai. Really? Odd how? Irritable and mysterious, I guess? It was on the tip of Kai's tongue to ask why Chase hadn't noticed. Cyrus's abrupt change in personality, but he was discreet enough to hold back. Chase looked devastated. I've been so busy. It's a new lady, love. I'd stake my life on it, Zed promised. Straight people, so fickle. He'll be home soon. Don't fret. I don't fret, Chase said. I have legitimate concerns because my brother is like a beacon for weird magical kidnappers. There was a scuffling sound and Dennis burst through the door, just ahead of Z and Sergeant Jack. He'd found a uniform to change into quickly, though... Kai was pretty sure the painted words property of Prince Charming were still there on Dennis's chest, beneath the layers of castle livery. What is it? asked Chase, leaping to his feet. Have you found him? We found this, said Dennis, holding out his hand. It looked like an ice cube, but round and tinted in odd shades of peach and gold, crusted with what might be ice or sugar. Kai could feel the magic oozing off it like steam off a dumpling. It felt malign, dark. He wanted to shout at Dennis to drop it, to get it away from him, but he couldn't find the words. Instead, he stepped closer to the glistening object. What is that? Zed breathed. Can I taste it? Dennis closed his hand quickly around the ball of ice. It's a frozen sugar plum, he said, sounding anxious enough that Kai's own fears for his brother ramped up again. It's the calling card of one of the old mountain gods. We found it on Cyrus's pillow. A mountain god, 
said Chase, in a broken voice. Is that better or worse than fairies and witches? Kai could guess at the answer, but it was Dennis who spoke. Much, much worse. Thanks for listening to Sheet Might Fly. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at TansyRR or at Sheet Might Fly. Find me on Facebook at TansyRR Books. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week. Thank you.